0: In the early stages, the thing that was really leading me, though, was this will to win, this will to succeed, this will to Mm. accomplish. And I really wanted to see my dreams realized because I took to heart that part of God that said, ask and you shall receive.
1: Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Aisha Woods, Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Aisha.
2: Welcome to episode 284, Between the Grooves, with James Curtis and Aisha Woods.
3: That's just a good number. It's random, but it's, it's a good number. Well, it's good a, gracious? I mean,
2: there's a lot of numbers in between, too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Almost up to 300 episodes. Yeah, That's we're getting crazy. there. crazy.
2: We're getting there. It is crazy. But it's good. A lot mm-hmm. of uh, great conversations that we've had on Between the Grooves. I mean, we can, we can honestly say we've had hundreds of guests on this podcast.
3: Good gracious. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Makes me excited about um, our conversation that we're going to have today.
2: Yeah. So this guy, uh, his name is Brandon Camphor. How did you meet him?
3: I met Brandon years ago. Um, as a matter of fact, he, while I was touring and on Goatee Records, he booked me uh, for an event in Maryland. And I met him at that time. And this was before he was at Brooklyn Tab. This was before uh, One Way. And um, he was just a young, young guy and just really, really sweet spirit and invited us to come out. And we played a concert at his church and we've just been connected ever since. Nice. Yeah.
2: This guy strikes me as... Uh, a guy who really has fun with music, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like just the style yeah. of music, but also, I mean, he's very knowledgeable in music and, and sure. he's been around the block in the music scene as well, obviously with the Brooklyn mm-hmm. Tabernacle Choir and and other things that he's done. But he seems to like it. it's not like work for him, you know?
3: Right. You know how right. some people in their yeah. career
2: they go to work and they dread going to work every day He looks like right. the type of guy who gets up and like I can't wait for this day, you know
3: Right, right. Yeah, definitely. And I'll tell you what brandon's got a preach He's, he's got a sermon on the inside of him. Yeah, as he's a, he's a preacher at heart. Good. I love that about him
2: Well, let's get into it brandon Camfor on between the grooves Course. I'm so glad to be here. Brandon, you strike me as a very driven person. Wow, you got that through the five minutes on this phone or some research? <coughs> no, just it's just Just everything I've uh, everything I've heard and, and read about you. Um, there's always something going on. There's a, always, you know, a whole bunch of balls in the air, I suppose. And and I guess yes. I guess my first question would be: how do you how do you control that? I guess two parts to the question. How do you control that and Is it somewhat or sometimes frustrating for things to happen in God's timing? In other words, not in your own timing. Because if you've if you're driven, you've got Mm. plans, you've got things you want to do, and then sometimes Mm -hmm. can I say God gets in the way? Does that make sense?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that sure does. And um, I mean, the latter half of that question is has really become the. Front part of how I approach life now, you know God's timing. As a young kid um, growing up, I'm one of three boys. I'm the middle child, so I'm like, hey, <laughs> what about me? I'm not the I'm not the baby. I'm not the oldest. I'm right here in the middle. So, um, but my parents were very intentional in raising my brothers and I to go after what we want. They honed in on our individual interests. So we went to three different schools practically our whole lives because my older wow. brother was into sports. So every every school he went to had a, had a very a high-level sports program. I was into the arts. I was very creative. So starting in middle school, they were sending me to schools with arts programs, with, you know, creative arts programs. And my younger brother, he was just bad. So they had him in private school.
3: <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to say
2: they had him in reform but, school, you know, one of those schools. No, <laughs> he was
0: in like the Christian schools. He was in the mm. private schools, you know, with all the strict rules. Right. He needed I, that, I guess. Right. Um, I he, he needed that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, I share that though, because that is the beginning of what developed this drive in me that you're calling it. You know, my, my parents, really raised me to believe I can go after whatever I want and that was just Mm. on a natural level then you then you add the spiritual principle to it right which developed over time but as as a young kid I also became enamored with the presence of God and this mystery of what is this you know as as a young kid when I would come home from school you know in high school and middle school I would go to my room and I would play on my desktop computer. I would be playing a game called Roller Coaster Tycoon. And then on my TV would be a VHS tape of Darlene Check leading oh, worship gosh. at Hillsong Church. And and I would just be watching that as a kid, like looking at this uh this lady on a stage with a bunch of people, but also experiencing the presence of God. And it was a mystery to me though, because I, I was young and I didn't really know the fullness of it but I was drawn to it and so Mm. but I'm highlighting the same part of what I was enamored by looking at this lady standing on stage in front of thousands of people because you know Hillsong Church was a huge church and uh that was that was appealing to the performance part of me but then I was seeing it happen in a ministry context so not to I know this is a podcast so there's opportunity to speak but I don't want to be too long-winded but these are important foundational things that were developing in me this hunger and this drive to go after that thing and um in the in the early stages the thing that was really leading me though was this will to win this will to succeed this will to accomplish mm. and i really wanted to see my dreams realized because i took to heart that part of god that says, ask and you shall receive you know i was leaning the intention of my heart really was pure as you know as a as a young adult and teenager I really wanted to serve the Lord you know I had a choice at one point to pursue trying to be an R&B singer or any of that but I chose God because I wanted to honor him with my life I did but I did kind of lean heavy I was saying on that asking you shall receive knocking the door mm-hmm. to be open I wanted to see my dream come to life so yeah uh, I was I was very I was very driven, and I was—I lived my life always looking for tomorrow to be the day I was going to see it happen. What, what am I? Want to mm. say that better? I knew—I knew I had great purpose. Like I, there's something in me, even now, because as much as I've done, I don't feel like I've really lived out the fullness of whatever that moment is God wants to do through my life. And that's not belittling things that that have happened through me or in my life, but there's just always been that feeling that God was going to do something great through me. And so I was always living for tomorrow, trying to get to that, that moment, mm. that moment. And I missed out on so much of the here and now, and mm. I'm, I'm taking the long way to bring back something you asked, which is the second part, the frustration of when you know there's something that's supposed to happen in your life, but it doesn't happen in the timing you expect, right? I'm going to be brace yourself for this. I'll be 37 on uh embracing myself really because 37 (laughs) basically you're you're basically 40 now but 37 (laughs) years old on thanksgiving thanksgiving day i'll be 37 i'm really excited about it and um and you know my i thought that a lot of the things in my life that i still want to do even now were gonna happen when i was like 21 you know Mm, and i felt like i was even i was even ready then i was like god like I'm the perfect candidate. I want to use my gifts for you. Like, come on, make it happen now. And (laughs) I've I've learned in my life, though, James and Aisha, that God's timing is almost always slower than ours. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He, Mm -hmm. he, I've just, I've learned that in my life and, and and I, and I there's so many things that come to my mind right now, but I, I think I want to go ahead and use Enoch as an example, right? Uh, we all know that, well, most people know about Enoch. It's said that he walked with God. Um, yeah. E- e- Enoch, where, where he's talked about in the book of Genesis, they're going through lineage of all these different people and so-and-so was son of this and so-and-so, boom, tribe of this, boom, boom, boom. And then comes Enoch. And it's the one moment that the, The pattern of language is disrupted by just saying, Enoch, he walked with God. And of course, Enoch goes on to live his life where he is transcended from human to being in eternity with God. He doesn't die as we know it, That's as we read it. And anyway, that is important to me because the idea of walking with God, it illuminated so much to me. But it's his posture, his pace, and his proximity. Three things that I had to consider when I could when I consider how I'm what my relationship with God looks like. You know, when you're walking with God, you're postured in a way where you're always listening for his voice. Your proximity is right next to him. Most times I'm trying to run the race and I'm I'm way ahead of God and He's He's like, Hey, come back here. When you're walking with him, you're hmm. next to him. There's time to to take steps and communicate. He could even he could even whisper to him, which which identifies his proximity. You're so close to him that he doesn't have to yell at you. When when I've been ahead of God, he's had to yell out to me, Brandon, hold on, there, I got some stuff to do back here. <laughs> and I've had to, when I've slowed down my pace to walk with the Lord, I'm starting to. Not only appreciate the process, which has taken much longer than I wanted, but also uh, recognize that the here and now, something that earlier, I promise I'm ending, forgive my long answer, but the <laughs> here and now is, is, is a big thing for me, James and Aisha. It's something that I missed out on for so many years of my life, the things that God intentionally designed, his, his intentionality every day for my life. I, I don't want to, I don't want to not be a good steward of, yeah. of even appreciating it, you know. And so, I'm so sorry. I didn't expect that question to trigger me so much, but mm-hmm. I'm I am in, a in my life where I'm daily, uh, learning to appreciate, respect, and fall in line with God's timing. There's so wh- my you
3: know, it's, it's interesting that you talk about God's timing and um, having such a drive and um wanting to to win and succeed but in all of that let me ask you this did you ever like on the on the flip side of things on the contrary experience fear of failure or fear of disappointing god or did any of that play a role in your journey
0: um Yes, you know, I, I don't know if it was fear of failure, but I, I I have dealt with the fear of wondering if I would live up to the expectation that God had for me, you know, mm. and and maybe digging, unpacking that, unpacking that a little bit is right. Clearly, God belie- God sees greatness in me, and He's 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 put it in me. Which is why I have this desire, this drive to move towards this greatness that that is expressed through music ministry in my life and other things that are coming together. And mm-hmm. sometimes when I when I feel that I've set, when I feel that I've been at a door that seemed like it was the big door, and and I don't know how else to to say it. I I want to say things as clear as I can, but just like oh, this must. It feels like on the other side of this door is that big moment. I think I'm, I'm supposed to have in my life. There's this fear that comes, like, because I've been pursuing it for so long, and it seems like it's here. It's like, will I, will I really be able to do it? Because in some ways, it not happening yet has made me wonder if I wasn't ready for it, you know. Mm. And so, so now that it's here, is this thought of, am I, am I ready? Or all because because I. I think let me just let me give a little more context to even that. There sometimes we do a tit for tat thing with God, right? Where oh because because I did this, this is going to happen or because of this is a ripple effect and there are consequences for our actions, but Sure. we we've learned as we understand God's grace and mercy and also we'll never think like him or be, you know, be him. That he doesn't operate like humans do, where if you do this, I'm going to do this. Or because you're bad, Brandon, I'm not blessing you with this. He doesn't operate like that. The foolish things confound the wise, even in his grace and mercy toward us. But there have been times in my life where I felt like there has been great opportunity in front of me. But for some reason, it didn't manifest. And I thought to myself, oh, it must be because I'm not ready or or. I guess I don't really have the abilities I thought I had. You know, I, I've, I've made that an excuse before of why something didn't happen. And so mm. that has, in some ways, turned into this fear of, am, Maybe am I ready? You know? Yeah, in- inadequacy is a good, another way of certainly saying it. So I've dealt with that more than, and I guess that can be translated as fear of failure too, but it's more just a fear of, will I deliver? You know, mm, will I uh-huh. will I be all that He wants me to be and all that I think I can be? You know, and uh, yeah, I'll stop there.
2: Now, when that moment I'm does,
0: I'm if you haven't noticed.
2: <laughs> when that <laughs> when that moment does happen for you, is there uh, a sense of, um, well, finally, you know, like like I've been kind of waiting for this moment and it's it's finally here, like about time, God, you know.
0: that that is i played out a version of life where i do say that to god it's about time yeah but um, (laughs) i can't i i can't say i'm there now you know if i'm honest what has changed in my life with slowing down my pace and really submitting to god's timing um in a a transforming of a lot of a lot of things in my life but one of them has been the way i'm thinking so in in that very thing I was talking about of of kind of using "I'm not ready" as an excuse. It it, it started to become even an, an excuse for me to mm. not have to step up to the plate. Oh, I'm not ready. But wow, now I've come to I've come to understand that I've actually always been ready. Readiness right. is actually available to to all of us who call ourselves believers. Readiness is right there, and and what. The, the thing that makes you ready is when you receive the Holy Spirit that's what makes you ready right mm-hmm. and so uh, because that is the difference maker this God sent his son Jesus to earth live live a life to show us what it looked like for God to operate through a human being Jesus was a hundred percent human and a hundred percent god it 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 was the only one of its kind and at the end of Jesus's life, after he completes his mission and ascends to heaven, he says, Hey, I'm leaving with you another version of me, the Holy Spirit. Now I have the whole if I believe I have the Holy Spirit in me, it's a consciousness. Once I'm aware of that, I'm I'm ready for, for him to express himself through me in whatever way he wants. It has nothing to do with my abilities, it has everything to do with my awareness of. My the part I'm playing in the process. I'm just the vessel, and so for me, when that moment comes, whenever it comes, I'm. I even I even have maybe changed my language to not look for a moment, and I'm seeing yeah. every day as a moment. You know what I yes. mean? Yeah,
3: Yeah. It's it's made up of. I, I think what you're um, for so long, what you've had in your mind or in the back of your mind, rather. Uh, as a big moment, it's made up of all of these small moments of your life, Yeah. years in the making, you know, because um, everything that you need is already on the inside of you and you're you're already walking it out and you're doing the things that God has called you to Um and i mean really if you consider just in retrospect you look back it's like whew, god you did this you did this you did this mm-hmm. you did this all of these and they're not even small moments they're really big <laughs> but
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: um yeah he's he's been moving all along and he's still moving um I think probably the big moment if it if it hit us in the face we probably would be like oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know <laughs> oh okay all right yeah. see, I see what you did there God I think that's uh, one of the things I've been saying lately I, I see what you did there mm-hmm. I see what you did there God <laughs> but it's yeah, just you know and Little things that are not so little, you know,
0: for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for I, sure. I was going to say that my, you know, there are still um, as a young kid, I had dreams, you know, and uh, sometimes I, I, as I've even thought about it, um, you know, trying to give a definition to what I would maybe call a big moment I'm waiting for. There's, you know, I've I've stood on stages in countries around the world, being with Brooklyn yeah. Tabernacle and doing all these different things. That I've I've seen versions of my dream realized, but there mm. is a mm-hmm. still a still a still a picture in my head of a of a of a dream I've dreamed as a young kid that I've yet to see that I that I hope to see in my life. But sure. and I, I think that that is that is okay. That is natural. We're humans and God has given us the ability to imagine and dream. So I don't think that's a wrong thing. Um right, but again, just right. kind of speaking to some of the transformation that's happened in my life really in the last three years since the pandemic really hit and life shut down for me and I had time to just work on me. I yeah. um I started to, you know, unpack scripture and, and, and bring scripture into my life to be a foundational piece for things, yes. and I I've learned in my life now to re- to relate to what you're saying, Aisha, about <clears throat> those moments are happening every day. But mm-hmm. as I have kind of shifted my perspective and put God at the forefront, and not and not my dream leading me to God yes I've, as i've as i've gotten to know his heart as i've gotten to delight myself in him the desires of my heart have begun to change you know where i believe it's his desires for me becoming yeah, yeah. my desire and i'm starting to uh just see the beauty in the life he's designed for me like if i never stand on a stage again in front of you know in a in an in an arena for example, which would be a pinnacle in, in my mind of my career, Okay, I have, I have found uh, the beauty in, even in a moment like this, talking sure. to, to the two of you and about biblical and foundational truths of life that mm. I can even, even just even articulating things. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing, and I, I it's a mystery even, and my words fumble sometimes, but it's, I'm discovering the beauty in the here and now that, yeah, that that's is becoming wonderful. such great moments for me.
2: So obviously this is uh, probably another highlight for you then, speaking to Aisha and I, right? It
0: sure is, <laughs> yes. yes, it is, indeed.
2: I have to ask, <laughs> are you able to share what that childhood dream was or is?
0: sure um well i've always i've always uh dreamt of being a recording artist you know and again i I am living that out but like like one of the things i've yet to do that i really have dreamt of doing is is going on tour and being on like a a tour bus just uh, that's so specific, but it's something that I've always like wanted to do that I've actually never done in all the travels I've done and all the things Well, I've Let's
3: go. Done. Um, let's go. I,
2: I've heard 24. that tour bus thing though. Isn't as glamorous as you'd think. Exactly. <laughs> and
0: trust me. I am at an age now where traveling isn't even so appealing anymore. Like I just want to be still, you know, like yeah. I know the time in my twenties that I, I just, I love being everywhere. Oh, you I'm here. I'm there. I'm there. You know what I mean? But now I'm like, I just want to, like sit still Go home and, and like chill. chill. Yeah, like you know, I'm <laughs> there. But still, just to speak to answer your question, that that is something even and and having friends like Aisha or people I know who have been on tour buses, they tell me the the horror stories, if you will, or the you know the discomfort <laughs> of it all. But it's like something in my head. that's like, man, I've always wanted to do that, though I've never done it. So, but mm-hmm. that that's just one example. But I've you know, my dream as a young kid was always to be a recording artist and, and experience that on the highest level. You know, I, um, as my dad used to take me to conferences, uh, like uh, the gospel music association, GMA, they used to do like the music in the Rockies and, uh, the GMA week, like my, at 15 and 16, my dad would fly, fly with me to Nashville and we'd go for a week. And I, I'd go to these conferences and sit in the rooms and Learn what it takes to be. This was before social media and anyone could just become who they want. You had to, like, go through the process of of build your following and do this and do that. And I I, I was I was a student of the game. You know, I wanted to know how to do it. And I, I took it seriously as a young kid. And this was my dream.
2: I gotta say, um, I'm intrigued by the tour bus scenario as well. So when it happens for you, I would love to, you know, hang out for a couple of days on the tour bus with you just to experience it as well. I've, I've, you know, you hear stories and stuff, but it could be, it could be like a camping trip, you know, except on a bus. <laughs>
0: you have yourself a deal okay okay Okay. sounds good. i'm gonna call
2: you through this app to invite you okay awesome (laughs) so would you say at this point is there a specific highlight of your career or does that just continue to change as as one thing happens you know that's a highlight now and then six months from now oh this is another highlight now you know
0: yeah that is such a good question and oh man I, i have to say though I mean, serving my time with the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir was truly, it, it was a dream I could dream, you know, and I didn't go, pers- I didn't move to New York to go to that church to sing with that choir, to, to work it, to get a job and do all the things I did. That that was something that my steps were just ordered clearly and, yeah. it, and it led me there, but you know, not just serving in the ministry, but I had I had the privilege of working on staff at the Brooklyn Tabernacle for five years. And I worked very closely with Carol Simbola, who is the founder and the director of the choir. And truly the times sitting in her office, one-on-one with her, were some of the greatest treasures in my life. I learned, I, and I didn't even know that's the beauty of God, you know, and his grace. When, when our minds aren't even fully developed, if you will, to even know that you're going to need this information, he somehow prepares your mind to store it. <laughs> and that's mm. what was happening for me at my time in, at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. I, was, I had a front row seat of watching two pioneers in our faith you know, her husband, Pastor Jim Cimbala, who's the pastor of the church, both of them, I had, I had very uh, unprecedented access to them. And I was in my 20s, you know, and I was, I just learned so many lessons watching them, how they did ministry and how they uh, valued prayer and Mm -hmm. how they handled different requests. You know, as an artist, when I would get calls to do anything, it was, it was like a quick yes, because it's like, oh, you need to do this. This is this is exposure. But, I mean, I, I would be working there, and we would get calls, and I was typically the guy who got the calls. It was part of my job for when we got invited places. But let's just say Good Morning America called, and hey, we'd like the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir to come. In my mind, as you know, the artist mentality, it's like, we need to do this. But to even see people really live out, I would come to them with this opportunity and, and their first instinct was, okay, well, let's pray about it.
3: <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, just yeah, like, I
0: love it. just something I love it. like that was, was a culture shock to me, even, you know, it mm-hmm. changed a lot in my mind and my approach to ministry. So I, I count that time as one of the highlights of my life not just because of the outward expressions, you know, I got to, like I said, travel the world, Italy, Japan, Sweden, Africa. I went all these places with Brooklyn Tabernacle, but really it was those private moments I got, like the master class that I really was able to get that you can't even pay for. You know, it's, right, I don't even, right. I don't even know how I got in the room, but all I know is I was in the room and I got treasures that I know, I'm going to need in my journey. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So that's my answer to that, James.
2: Okay. And so (laughs) things are humming along. Uh, Career is, is, uh, is, is good. Um, Almost, almost too easy in a sense. Do you find that when that, when you're in that mentality or when you're in that mode, uh, that it's time to raise the bar, raise the ceiling as it were?
0: For sure. Um, And I, I, I don't know if that was hypothetical or you were assuming that my my journey my career is easy, but it's not.
2: No, no, <laughs> I want to say that. Yeah, I'm but, but it, it yeah. can it can get for anyone. It can get comfortable, right? It can get to a point where it's for like sure. I've I've kind of achieved everything I think I'm going to achieve or or you know i'm 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 content in in this place that i am right now and and then yeah. you kind of get into that mode of you know you just go through the go through the motions still having fun don't get me right. wrong but but right, there's no right, right. there's no necessarily effort if you know what i mean
0: yeah for sure yeah and yeah i i am very i am very much aware of looking out for me getting there i don't want to get there there was a time in in my life where I would say I got comfortable. And um uh, that that even happened in my time in New York and in Brooklyn time because it was so it was just so easy and I wasn't really at the forefront of the ministry. You know, I was I was working a high-level job and serving, but it wasn't all on me, so I got comfortable in my position. And I know what it feels like to be comfortable and to miss out on the things God wants you to do because you're settling, you're okay where you are, and so mm. I'm very much aware of of that mentality to the point where I, I I I don't want it to creep back into my life. So, like being an artist was the dream, but that's turned into now wanting to be an executive who can help right. artists, you know. Uh, taking everything I know. So that's an example of raising the bar. Okay, let's go higher, Brandon. Like, like, right. you know, so I started my own company, Tommy Entertainment, which is going to be uh, a place that helps other young aspiring artists, musicians, writers see their dreams realized. I want to get into the media space where I make movies and and I love making music videos and things like that. So that's an example of raising the bar and challenging myself to uh study to show myself approved so I can go claim yeah, some yeah. new territory.
3: There you go. I got a question. So, would you consider yourself to be a an individual that works well under pressure? Does that fuel you mm-hmm. or does it propel you?
0: Uh pressure at one point, was almost my la- my love language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just, I thrived under pressure, and um,
3: that's cool. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I really did, and 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 it became, it became something I even prided myself in. Like, oh, last minute, oh, don't worry, I got this. Watch how I flip this and turn it into it looked like I I planned this for months, you know, and and it. it <laughs> And I, there, there, there really was a grace on my life to operate under pressure, and mm. you know, at a last minute. But again, talking about transformation of the mind, I started to change my perspective on that, and 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 see what what I once was celebrating. I started to challenge myself and say, Brandon, how can you be a better steward of this? Yeah, you know, like I don't think. it's beautiful that you pulled it off last minute but what if you actually prepared
3: (laughs) right like what if you took
0: time and was what what if you stewarded this better
3: what would Mm -hmm. it look
0: like and and as i began to change my thinking and change my approach i changed the results and Mm -hmm. um so I, i once was a person yes who thrived under pressure and and i i gotta be honest it's still there like if you throw if you throw a curveball at me i i I don't panic (laughs) it it, it's i'm i still remember that version of me that that kind of loves that just that intensity of all of that of Uh like how are we going to come through on this but i but i I, i've come to discover a better way of doing things that doesn't have to involve pressure it can it can actually involve peace <laughs> and yeah. I've come to want to protect my peace. Oh, so,
3: yeah. <laughs> I heard that.
2: I think it's interesting think? that um, you talk about thriving under pressure. And when I think of pressure, I, I usually think because I'm a very organized person, I'm a very detail oriented person. And so maybe I wouldn't do as well under pressure because mm-hmm. I would probably um, have been organized in detail detailed enough and planned enough that if, if something comes to the last minute like that, it's probably someone else who's dropped the ball. And I suppose at the end of the day, well, and I suppose at the end of the day, if I'm responsible ultimately for it, then, then ultimately I dropped the ball because I didn't manage the process properly, uh, Uh including the person that dropped the ball. You know what I'm saying? In other words, Uh, I didn't manage them and, and help them, uh, achieve what they needed to achieve.
3: Sure.
0: Yeah, it's a very good way of looking at that.
2: Mm-hmm. So now I'm depressed. And... <laughs>
0: <Stop>. No, <laughs> we we each play a part. You know, we each play a part, and and it does. You can't we have strengths,
3: you know. You,
0: yeah, you can't you can't control anything until it it's not your responsibility until it is, right? So that's that is one <laughs> right. thing that's very true. So so you can't mm-hmm. control when it comes to you. You know, James, me, or Aisha, whoever once it's in your court that's when you you you're responsible and accountable for how it goes from that point you know but it does it does make a difference if I'm if I'm coming to the table and I'm dealing with a prepared person like you James who's planned got all your t's and all that and I'm coming in like with my phone out ready to take notes from that one conversation and, and right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and, and, and reach the same finish line with you looking like I did all the preparation you did, Right, you know, in some way that's grace on my end. Thank you, God, but I've also done a disservice and a disrespect to me, to your preparation. And that's just mm-hmm. a different way of, of me looking at it. Like again, from me challenging myself, the, the part I'm playing in it. And I just yeah. want to be able to come to the table prepared. I think yeah. preparation, I just learned this right now in this moment, and it may not make sense or not, but I think preparation is the prerequisite to avoiding pressure. Hmm.
2: That's a I'm deep sorry, quote, that's a deep quote that's, but it's that's,
3: true.
0: That's the songwriter in me, trying to put words together. Yeah. But I, mm-hmm. that word preparation put a light bulb off in my head. Yeah, it really. It's a difference maker.
2: Okay, are, are Aisha and I going to get song, songwriting credits on this?
0: <laughs> um you got listen you have to choose either you get the tour bus or the songwriting
2: credit. Uh, tour, bus sure. to tour bus for sure tour bus for sure yeah if i had a choice you for have sure it. yeah
3: yeah there you have it there you have it <laughs> we're gonna plan it out for 2024 i'm serious
2: yeah for sure it's okay. gonna it be happening. great i'm good with that uh let's of talk course, a little bit let's course. talk a little bit about music since we we do talk about music on on the podcast yeah. <laughs> um Please. you've got um obviously you're not just a solo artist you've got a group that you um are with and uh you've had mm-hmm. some uh some charting hits as well can you tell us a little bit about that
0: sure so um i am the founder and uh leader and member of a group uh, called Brandon camp for, and one way, uh, AKA BC one way is kind of what we're going by now. But when I was, um, it's a four person vocal ensemble, uh, reminiscent of, if you remember the group anointed, if anyone remembers yeah. that group, yeah, uh, I, I kind of call us a modern, come on now. I call mm. myself, I call us like a modern day anointed. And, um, we, uh we all met in high school actually we've been together for 16 years and what um time? uh yeah it is and you know we're friends first which is so important but we've all uh partnered in ministry we love music we love God. we and um, you know we we just said let's try this thing but it didn't start as what it is now i think that's important for me to say cuz uh, even me changing the naming convention to be more bc one way uh when i was in college uh um, i started writing songs and i had my my laptop and this was when like the apple computer was kind of you know the the new it thing and they had the they had garage band and i was i was i would go in my dorm room and i would just like after doing my homework and stuff i would just like record song i would just be i would just be like recording on garage band and and i came home to Maryland, I went to school in Florida, in Deland, Florida, a school called Stetson University. And I came home on Thanksgiving break and I met up with one of my friends, Fred, who's in the group. And we went out to Cheesecake Factory, actually. And we went to the car after dinner and I played him. So I said, listen to some of these songs I've been I've been recording and writing. And I played him the music and he invited me to come sing at his grandmother's church. That's where this all started. He invited me to come sing at his grandmother's church. And I said, okay. It was my first, it was my first gig, quote unquote, air
3: quotes.
0: (laughs) And this was when my, this was when MySpace was popular. And I was so excited about this gig that, you know, I went on MySpace and I put it on my calendar. I'm like, I have a gig. (laughs) And, uh, but I Mm. told him, I said, Hey, I'll, I'll do this gig if you sing with me. And so he said, yes, of course. And that very first gig, I, I he sang and I called. I called a few other friends. It was really like an ensemble. It was like ten people who sang with me at that at this one gig. But we, I sang at this church, and from that one event that I did, people came up to me afterwards, and they and they were, they wanted like my booking information, and they were inviting me here and inviting me there. And next thing you know, I had like a whole summer of dates locally that I was doing, and I kept calling these same people to come sing with me and narrowed down to Fred and Angela. And I was like, Hey, can you guys sing with me? So we ended up spending a whole summer singing together, but it was mm. under the name, you know, Brand- Brandon, Brandon like, if we weren't a group, it was just me. And th- these were the people that I kept calling to sing with me. So by the, by the end of a whole summer together, it was kind of like, Hey, why don't we start a group? And we gave we ended up giving them a name but since I had been, if I had been the primary name that whole year, we kept my name at the forefront, Brandon Camfer, and we named the group One Way. But each member has become such an anchor, and and even on the songs you hear now, they'll sing solos. Like, it's not about me, and I don't want it to be about me. And um, I I try to get people to start calling us BC One Way. Of course, the BC is my initials, but it really... uh, 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 represents us as one unit, you know, Mm -mm. and forgive my little tangent, but that's important to me to share. But together we've created some beautiful music. We have a Christmas project called Christmas Joy that's out. You can go on YouTube and you can go on YouTube and watch the Christmas special. It's a 30 minute Christmas visual presentation um, that matches our music. Mm -hmm. Um, We also, yes, as James mentioned, we have some music out. We have some singles out um, online. You can go get it. But it's it's like my uh, my baby in a sense, you know. It's it's a it's a vision God birthed through me that I am so proud and honored to see how He's breathing on it, even still today.
2: Well, good stuff. Thank you, Brandon, so much for uh, hanging with Aisha, and I really appreciate the time that you've taken with us.
0: Of course, I'm so honored and grateful that you had me a part of this moment. Thank you.
3: What a great conversation with Brandon. It was so nice to kind of catch up with him and be encouraged with uh, all of his little additions and good advice. Um, If you want to check out what's going on with Brandon, visit his website at bconeway.com.
2: And before we go, speaking of wise words, Benjamin William Hastings with this week's Artist Advice.
4: The biggest thing for me is finding your voice and being okay that that's the thing that you're bringing. As a songwriter figure out how is it that, that you say things and get really good at at doing that because it, it actually takes a lot of work i think as a writer to not you have to, to find your voice firstly it takes a lot of practice and a lot of work at that but then to continually sound like yourself if that makes sense is actually like a yes. learned um s- skill there's a there's a, a book i love called writing better lyrics by pat patterson which i'd also very i'd highly recommend to anyone that wants to be a songwriter Um, And he starts the book talking a little bit about finding your voice in this. And he says, it's like diving for pearls. And if you've never um, dove for a pearl before, the first time you're probably not gonna find any, like, cause you don't know where they are. You probably don't know how to scuba dive. Like you're just, you're trying to figure it out. But the more you do it, eventually you're gonna stumble across some pearls. And then the next time you might not, but the next time, at least now you kind of know where the pearls are. And over time, a seasoned diver, they find pearls every time they go diving. So kind of like, I think it's a bit like that with songwriting. Like it's practicing um, finding your tone and identifying when you write something that you like, because that will help you find the pearls next time you go down there.
2: Good stuff. Yeah. Diving for pearls. I love that analogy.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause you're not always going to find something.
2: Yeah. He's a great right. writer, but you're not always going to find what you're looking for. And, uh, and you, when you think of a prolific writer, songwriter, You always hear Mm -hmm. their best. You know, when you hear a song on the radio or you're streaming or whatever, you hear the finished product, but you don't know all the trials and the errors and everything else that went through to get all of that, you know?
3: Right. It's very true. And the proof is in the pudding for him.
2: Yep. Well, Aisha, it is time for us to go. What a great conversation with uh, Brandon. And thanks to Benjamin William Hastings for uh, swinging by with that advice for us as well.
3: Yeah, it was a great time. I'm looking forward to next week.
1: Thanks for listening to Faith Strong Today's Between the Grooves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider sharing it with your friends, rating our podcast, or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people. We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime. Hello at faithstrongtoday.com.